What's going on, millionaires? You're listening to the Million Dollar Mind Podcast, episode 150 on the five laws of conversational sales. Now, I'm super excited to bring this content to you guys because just for obvious reasons, we talk a lot about just increasing your abilities to sell, you know, whether you're selling yourself, whether you're selling services, a product, whatever the case may be, it is important as an entrepreneur and as a millionaire that you learn sales, just point blank period. So I got five laws for a natural conversational sales flow that you want to follow. And I got some bonus content that I'm going to throw in here as well. And let's just dive right into it, right? Let's dive into it. So you're joining us on YouTube. And if you're not and you see the link to join the uh, watch the YouTube, feel free to go ahead and click it because I got a nice little visual presentation for y'all to make this information much more easy to digest. So let's dive on into it. So we have sales systems 101 and I just love systems. And, you know, essentially we are going to be focusing mostly on the five laws of conversations and that bonus content I got for y'all are going to be called the eights. But this system altogether is known as the four, fives, and eights. And this is introductory to just understanding sales flows, sales conversations, and really understanding from the beginning of the conversation all the way to you get that yes and you get the close that you are looking for. So let's just dive on into it. Starting with one. So let's talk about why my what my favorite thing about systems, right? I just love systems because when in doubt, you just have systems to bail you out, right? You have so many things that you can lean on. And I've seen so many times where you get, you know, the the really good sales salespeople who are mainly good because of their personalities. They might have a charismatic or a charming personality. People like that naturally do okay in sales. But what happens is they're not able to duplicate themselves, meaning they're not able to train other people to be good at sales like they're good at sales because they lack systems. So if you are that person, you are charismatic, you are charming, you have the natural abilities to sell. These systems are going to be able to help you duplicate yourself. And if you lack that personality, that's okay too. Following systems is how you're able to be more fundamental and fundamentally sound on the sales floor. We know those people who play sports and we're just like, man, what is it about this person that's so good? They don't, they don't, they're not the, the sharpest shooter. They're not the highest jumper. They're not even the fastest sprinter. What makes them so good? And why do they fit on this team so perfectly? It's because they focus on the fundamentals. They are fundamentally sound, which allows them to be able to put, plug themselves in to any uh, any organization that has systems and has found, uh, and has their, their systems really based on the fundamentals of the game. So let's just dive on into it even more. So here's your snapshot, guys. I got a snapshot for you. We're going to be talking about, again, like I said, the fours, the fives, and the eights. The fours are going to be your impulse factors. What are your impulse factors? It's going to be your fear of loss, sense of urgency, the Jones effect, indifference. And we're going to go into these much more in depth. Trust me. And then you have your five steps of conversation, which is the meat and potatoes of today's content. And then lastly, you have the eight great work habits, which we'll go by briefly and brilliantly. All right. So with that being the case, Let's dive into the three steps or three important skills that you want to master in this system. 
All right. So before we kick this thing off, guys, I must give you all this disclaimer because there are three important skills that you want to master to, in, you know, in order to really take full advantage of this four five eight system. OK, those three skills include active listening, kiss it and read, relax, relate. Now, let's start with active listening, because <laughs> I don't really have to talk on this too much because y'all being, you know, active listeners and um true fans of the million dollar mind podcast you know the importance of active listening i'm always stressing the importance of active listening 90 percent of all people are going to tell you exactly how to close them through conversation if you are actively listening if you're not you're going to miss those verbal and visual cues second one kiss it keep it short and sweet or keep it short stupid whatever however you want to do it keep it simple stupid keep it short and sweet do that right because you can kill a sale by talking too much, especially if you talk price and then all of a sudden you talk over yourself and say, yeah, it's this price and it's because of this, this and that. It's like you're starting to talk too much. Relax, which leads us into the third one. Read, relax, relate. Right. Read the room, read the situation, read the emotional distress or the emotional state of your client and the person that is in front of you or over the phone. Read these things. Relax, take a deep breath because you don't want to be too enthused. You don't want to be too um, disengaged either. You want to have the, the just the right amount of engagement with the conversation. You want to be cool, calm and collected. All right. And then the third one is relate. Find some way to relate to that person. I always like to talk about mirroring. Right. Mirroring is a good way to put yourself in your client's shoes for the brief moment. The goal of these conversations is to be someone's five minute best friend. And we can easily do that through finding something to relate to, right? Your ability to make your prospect feel comfortable with you determines your your success at the end of each call. All right. Feel felt found. Another thing that I want to talk about, because it's similar to read, relax, relate. And this is a cheat code. I'm about to give y'all some gas right here. Call me gaseous clay. That's why you see I got Muhammad Ali right here, right? So feel felt found is actually an order of a phrase that you want to use whenever you get an objection. So let's say somebody says, yeah, um, but I don't like y'all because X, Y, Z or whatever the case may be. I don't want to do business because X, Y, Z, right? I'm going to use feel, felt, found. I'm going to say something like, I totally understand why you feel that way, Mr. Seller or Miss Seller. My last client actually felt the same way. But what we found out was working with us, prevents this or causes this solution however you want to word it after that but feel understand why you feel that way you're coming from a place of empathy making them not feel like they're alone in this feeling right you bring in some relatability by telling them that your last client actually felt the same way and they're going to be like oh your last client felt this way and they're a client of yours how and then we go into the how we found out was this so very very strong uh sentence very powerful. I encourage you guys to practice this ASAP and use it every single time somebody gives you an objection. Let's move on. The four, let's get into the four. So we have the first one, fear of loss. This is the fear of losing out. People naturally fear of losing out on a good deal. They fear of being uh, left out of what their friends and what other people may be doing. All right. So we like to use phrases like today only. This deal is only for today. This offer, Miss Seller, this is a very aggressive offer and my financial my financial team isn't really confident that they want me to you know move forward but I know I can get this done 
if we can move forward with this offer today. So do you think you can move forward with this offer today? It's like today only, meaning if you don't make a decision today, you'll never get this price at where you want it to any other time. So that's what the fear of loss is. Moving on into the next one. Urgency, the sense of urgency. This is again, Fuji guys, F-U-J-I, right? In the U of Fuji, we have sense of urgency. And this is when we talking to people who seem to be in a rush. They talk very fast. If you are with somebody in person, they keep looking at their clock, they're tapping their feet, they're showing very jittery actions. We want to use sense of urgency. So we want to say things like quick question or this will be real quick. I don't want to keep you too long, just real quick. Well, how long is it going to take? Just a moment. I'm not really going to say it's going to take two minutes or it's going to take seven minutes because me giving a time on it, it could be too long. Or if I say too short, they're going to start timing me. This is a person that's in a rush. Remember, so if you say, I was just going to take a couple seconds, they're going to start timing you. So don't set yourself up for failure. Just go ahead and say, just be real quick. Just a quick, quick moment. Just let me get a moment of your time. I'll take care of you. All right. And you also want to don't just say it, but you want to feel it, too. You don't want to just, oh, it will be really quick. I can take care of you in just a moment. That doesn't seem quick. That's not convincing. It sounds like you lying to me. If you say it like that in your body actions show that you are actually uh, Gary the snail. You got to match your actions with your words. So if you're saying it's going to be real quick, you can say, hey, Mr. Sell, this is going to be real quick. Just let me get a moment of your time. I get you in and out. All right. Trust me. So that's what we want to keep in mind. Next one is Jones effect. Now, I got a cat right here because this is more so for people who are like really um, they like to follow the crowd. Right. That's why we call it Jones effect. If you ever seen Keeping Up with the Joneses, we have uh, a movie that is a classic. And it's about a family that's actually a fake family that um, creates the, the the foundation of a family just for the appearance of being able to naturally sell products to people through what they have and what they got going on. So it's like everybody wants to be the Joneses. That's why it's called keeping up with the Joneses. So Jones effect is just using your last client. My last client felt the same way. My last client did this. Ooh, this is especially good when you got somebody who already is saying, um, Oh, my cousin said this or my mama doing this or my auntie's doing this. I'm using that as like, yeah, your auntie's probably got this for that reason. P- perfect example. Back when I was uh, slinging that cable, selling Xfinity, right? We used to always get people like, oh, no, my cousin's got y'all. Okay, you. so your cousin's probably got that deal. And if not, you need to tell them to come see me too so I can give them the deal that I'm about to give you. Whew. Game right there. God, I'm trying to tell you, that works every single time just about. Unless they really press for change, but that works every single time. So I got the cat there because naturally people are followers. People are copycats, right? We want to, we want to be in the know. We want to be in the end, the crowd, the, the, the trends. We want to follow the trends, which is why, you know, Instagram and social media is such a thing because people want to keep up. So you leverage that, you leverage that and you play to the people that really try so hard to keep up, really want to be like everybody else. You use Jones effect to your greatest advantage point. That's your greatest advantage using Jones effect. So last we have the I indifference. And this is just kind of like, this is exactly what that guy's doing. It's like, bro, it don't matter. You can get it signed up today. You can get signed up tomorrow. I'm going to be straight. What you want to do? How you want to roll? You asking me a thousand and one questions. This is perfect for the people asking all the questions. You asking me all these questions, but I don't see you making no decisions. So what you trying to do? Because either way, I can go either way. Right. That's going to be your best friend. Just being very indifferent. Like, don't be so trying to push for the sale. People hate salesy people. People. That's why most of y'all probably 
ignored sales for the most part anyway, because you just hate salesy people and cheesy things. So indifference is a way for you to be very calm, very cool and very laid back. You know, I get the sale when I get the sale type of thing. Now, I understand with this indifference, it does come with a certain type of work ethic that you have to have. Because if you're going to be indifferent and you're not going to be running and gunning and, you know, pushing for the sale, it just means you got to talk to more people because eventually your sale going to come. Right. Your sale is going to come. So let's move on. We have four animal personalities. I like to make everything relatable. So we have four animal personalities that are going to relate to each of the the four impulse factors to Fuji. So we have Bolt, Bull, Owl, Lamb, Tigger. Tigger's not a real character, but he's a tiger and he has a lot of energy. So let's just go with that. Right. You see where I'm going with Tigger. And then Lambs. You never seen a lamb by itself. That's why you got little boat people always herding them together because they stay in packs. They like to be herded. Same what well, not saying what owls, but owls, they don't talk, but they always saying who. So it sounds like they're asking a question. These are your people who ask a lot of questions. Yeah, owls, right? The person who's always asking, well, actually the boy asked the owl how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie pop, but hey, you get where I'm going with this. <laughs> And then lastly, we got bulls. Bulls are aggressive. They high-headed. They um, super just, uh, like, that's what it is, right? They like to bump heads with people typically. So with understanding these personality types, let's go into now how they relate. And this is how they relate. With fear of loss, you have your bulls. But you can also use indifference with your bulls sometimes, too, because, again, like I said, they like to bump heads. So indifference is more of a submissive sales type. Um, if using things like urgency and Jones effect, that's like a very forthright. So like you're going to bump heads with a bull more often than not. Fear of loss is more so playing to their ego. It's like, Hey, yeah, I totally understand. You love shopping for deals, but this deal's only here for today. So it's like playing to their ego, right? Urgency. That's going to go with Tigger because Tigger's always bouncing on that tail of his. So he's always seems to be in a rush. He's energetic. So I'm talking to Tigger. Like I got some urgency, like Tigger, slow down real quick. Hey, stop bouncing on that tail. Follow me. I got some deals that I want to talk to you about. I got a product I want to sell you. I'm not saying it in, these, in this language exactly. I'm way more um, less salesy. Let's say that I'm less salesy than that. Uh, third, Jones effect. That's going to go right to your lambs because your lambs are followers. So why wouldn't I use Jones effect for the people who are boldly and clearly telling me that they're followers? So you guys understand that. Now, let's get into the meat of what today's conversation is really going to be about. The five steps of conversation. And these five steps are really laws. You want to like every efficient conversation follows these laws. Every good conversation has an introduction. Every great conversation has a short story. It has a presentation. It has a close and it has a rehash. And each piece is super important. You cannot have an effective conversation if you skip one and go on to the other. Right. So with the introduction. This is super important because you only get one first impression. So you have to always set the tone off uh, a strong way. And I say always start off by saying thank you. Always thank people for their time. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for taking a moment to talk with me. Hey, how's your day going? Thanks for taking time. Right. I'm very I'm very um, grateful for when people like to share a moment and like to be with me and we share this human experience together. That's like something that we should not take for granted. Like people don't have to give you the time of day. And when they do be grateful of that. Uh, also ask them if they're ready to take notes. This is more specific when you are on phone, phone calls and you have a more in depth sales conversation. Like if your presentation is anywhere between 30 and 45 minutes long, 
definitely, uh, you know, ask them if they're ready to take some notes and ready for some huge gems that they, that you're going to drop on. If the, if the presentation is more of like a five to 10 minute presentation on like some Internet services or a product like a hair product or something like that, you may not have to ask them if they're ready to take notes unless you're like an expert in your field and you like not only selling service, uh, a product or service, but you're giving away some free information that will be helpful in their decision making process. Then I would encourage them to take some notes. Also, tell them, the you know, set the expectations right up front. Tell them how to call or how this engagement is going to go. That's everything that you want to include in your introduction. Now, in your short story, this is where you build a rapport. You're starting to ask them identifying questions. You're trying to qualify them to see if they're a good candidate for your product and service. See if that you two together can be a good fit. Because the thing that I don't like about um, how most people view sales is that we're just trying to sign people up. We're just trying to push the sale, even the people that the sale is not meant for. Um, and that's not really ethical. I'm only looking for win-win situations and I can only give you a win-win situation if my product and service is actually meant for you. If it actually can bring you some value, if it's actually aligned with what you communicating to me, your needs or your wants are. So I have to ask the proper questions to make sure that we are going to be a good fit. Right. So if I'm in real estate, you know, in my short story, I'm asking them questions like, hey, if you got an offer that made sense, are you looking to sell within 30 to 60 days? And I'm asking questions like, hey, how long have you owned the property for? You know, what has you interested in selling? Cool. You thinking about moving to a new neighborhood? Do you not like this neighborhood or do you have family elsewhere? It's like building rapport and just qualifying them. Just see how qualified this client or this lead is to my business. Right. So definitely want to ask those qualifying questions. If you don't have a set of qualifying questions. Take a look into your business model. Take a look into your product and your service and identify what your ideal client looks like. And once you identify what your ideal client looks like, now you want to build questions around how you can figure out if this person is that ideal client. That's the easiest way that I could put those identifying questions and how you can build those for yourself. If you want to, um, if you guys need help building that, don't be shy. You know, I love helping people. Don't be shy to let us know in the comments. Let us know on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Hey, I need some help. And we'll come up with some more content on how to dive into that deeper. We'll come up with a quick course on how to, you know, ask these these qualifying questions. We love providing content. I'm I'm all for more content. So let us know if you don't ask, you don't receive. Um, Also, the second point of the short story is to tell them how to get into financial education. This presentation is actually for uh, my guys when I used to uh, when I was coaching credit repair and financial education, but also just, you know, tell them how they can get into whatever your product and services, tell them why other people are, you know, buying your products and service, tell other people why, tell them why other people are stopping to talk to you, tell them a little quick testimonial, how you might've helped somebody else. This is all included in that short story, moving into the presentation and your presentation is going to be the meat and potatoes of your conversation with that person. It's going to be the bulk of the conversation. The introduction is going to be anywhere between two to three minutes. The short story is going to be anywhere between five and 10 minutes max, right? And then your presentation is going to be anywhere between 10 to 15 minutes, or it can be 30 to 45 minutes. It really depends on the product and service. If you have a coaching program, then your presentation is probably going to be closer to that 30 to 45 minute range. If you have something like a a product, like a hair product, your presentation is probably going to be closer to 10 to 15 minutes. just kind of going over the features. If you have tech or software, it may range between 20 to 35 minutes as well, depending on how, um, 
how complex your product or service is that you're selling. That really determines the length of how your presentation is. Now, I can't really be the one to tell you like, hey, if you're doing this, then your presentation needs to be 45 minutes because then at that point, you're going to be forcing the envelope. You're going to be pushing the envelope, trying to stretch the conversation. You're going to be losing interest. Make sure it's a natural flow. Make sure you're just not talking too much. It's a combination of information and engagement. You're not just talking your seller's ears off or your client's ears off. You're giving them value, valuable information while including them in the conversation as well. So keep that in mind in the presentation. Uh, going on into the close. The close is very, 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 very important in the conversation. But it is not the most important part of the conversation. We're going to get into what the most important conversation is. But this is where you see if they have any questions about the information. I love wrapping things up with like, hey, I know that was a lot. I want to make sure we're on the same page. So did you have any questions, you know, for me about what I just told you? And it's kind of gauges to see how engaged they were uh, and kind of see how much they were paying attention and things like that. But it's a great question to ask. Second one, add value. Add value and then shut up. Right. You say, yep. And so, you know, if you don't have any questions, you can definitely get all three of these things uh, and it will help you in this way. And then you just kind of shut up and let them dissect that. Let them digest it. Let them re respond and give you some feedback. If they don't give any feedback and say, OK, now that price would be X, Y, Z. You ready to get started today and then shut up again. Let them give you feedback. Let them tell you what they want. Let them tell you what they want. All right. So. Let's get to it in the rehash. Now, I like the rehash because without a without a strong rehash, you're really just talking and you may get a client, but that client may not be around long. And here's why. The whole purpose of the rehash is to set the proper expectations. Right. What does getting started looks like? What's next? How can I outline the closing process? How can I outline the onboarding process? How can I make sure that you feel confident that now that you spent your money? And your time with me that you're going to be taken care of throughout the duration of your services with us or throughout the duration of how long the product is supposed to last. Right. That's where you set the proper expectations without setting the proper expectations. You are bound to get negative reviews because you did not let them know up front what they could expect from this experience. Right. Make them feel lucky to be doing business with them. Make them feel lucky to have stopped and talked to you. They should be feeling like, man, I stopped and talked to Kai. Like they should be, they should be saying at the end of y'all conversation, I usually don't even stop the people, but stop to talk to y'all, but I'm glad I did. I usually don't take these calls, but it must be something in the air. I usually don't, you know, answer these calls, but God may have wanted me to talk to you. Ooh, when I get that, I just feel so blessed when somebody, you know, connects me to God's timing, right? When somebody says like, God wanted me to talk to you. That means I did a really good job of actively listening, listening to their wants and their needs and their desires. And giving them a win-win situation that we can all be happy with. That's why I do what I do. And that's why I love what I do is being able to hear people say that to me. All right. Give them two options. You want to give people two options. You want to give people options. So that's why it's always good, guys, to have several offers. Right. You may have one premier offer, one golden ticket offer, but you got to also have something in, in between. You need a silver and a bronze offer as well, because these offers is going to give people options. So they may not be ready to spend that big ticket with you. But you got some smaller to medium ticket offers that you can ease them into, you know, um, you know, into your, you know, to your premium ticket offer later on down the line. Right. No doesn't mean no. It just means next opportunity. And what I mean by the next opportunity means now let's once you got that no, 
Let's focus on the next opportunity we have. Okay, I can't help you in this regard. Let's see if I can help you in that regard. I can't help you in that regard. Let's see if I can help you with this regard. I can't help you with that. Let me see if I can refer you or recommend somebody else that can help you. Boom, like that's networking at its finest. Because even if you don't, even if that's not your client, like you don't know what people know, who people know, they could refer you and you get 10 referrals out of somebody you didn't even sign up. Just based off of how strong you set expectations and how well you're able to master these five laws of conversation. So now understanding these guys, what do you think is going to be the most important step of this of the conversation? It's not going to be the close. It's not going to be the presentation. No, we like to think it's going to be the presentation because this is where we get to talk about us. We get to talk about our service. We get to talk about the features. None of that is really important. The most important part of the conversation is the short story. And I used to think it was the introduction, but let me tell you why it's not the introduction. Because yes, you only get one first impression. But even if you have a bad first impression, it can be smoothed out through a great and strong short story where you're building rapport. Like I literally just yesterday had somebody cuss me out on the phone because of a poor introduction. Right. And that poor introduction had nothing to do with me. It was actually, you know, how how she how the lead was even. We have cold callers. Right. So our cold caller said a poor taste in their mouth. So she was actually calling to cuss me out and complain about the cold caller. My short story game was so strong and so on point that I ended up closing this lady the same day. In real estate, most most contracts come with five, six touches. I got this contract in one touch just off of my short story. My presentation wasn't that important. The close wasn't that important. The rehash was strong as well. So if I had to put them in order, I would say the short story, the rehash, the close, the introduction, and the presentation is last. The presentation really is last. I promise you the presentation is last. Because the short story is where you do all the listening and where you get to really identify what their needs are. Because your presentation if you think about it, you're not changing your presentation for different types of clients, and things like that. But if you really understand your services and your product and you really understand your service, you can leave certain things out of your presentation, knowing that that it doesn't apply to your client. Or you can add certain things that may not be on this on this card or on this brochure that, you know, is going to be a, a huge feature that you might want to mention to your client based off of what you discovered in the short story. So, again, short story number one. Rehash number two, close number three, intro number four, presentation number five. We had to order this in level of importance. But again, you do want to go through all of these steps in order. Intro, short story, presentation, close and rehash. Let's move on. Quick Q&A. Just so you guys understand what you're talking about. Let's see what you understand. What does bolt mean? To recap, bolt is an adjective for the four animal personalities of every seller. Every seller that you come across, every client that you talk to is going to be one of those four personalities. They're going to be a bull. They're going to either be an owl, a lamb or a tigger. So write that down. Take a picture. Do what you got to do. Just make sure you remember. Number three. Number two. When should you talk about price? When do you talk about price? Do you talk about price in the very beginning? Do you talk about price in the very end? Do you talk about price when the client asks you? And the question, the answer is neither of those, none. The best answer is you talk about price when you get to the close. 
you got to control the conversation, right? You could be in the introduction and you can be in a short story and then the person might ask you, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the price? Hold on, soldier. I'm about to get there. I'm about to get there. You must be in a rush. You got something to do? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get here and I'm building more rapport. I'm just using that as an opportunity to build more rapport. But I'm talking about price when I'm ready. And when I'm ready, it's in the close. The close is when you're talking about price. Number three, what do you do when someone is rushing you? Sense of urgency, of course. You lean on that sense of urgency. You start to put some pep in your step. You start to talk a little bit more hastily like you have somewhere to be yourself. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely got you. I actually got a uh, meeting with another client. So I, I'm not going to keep you long here, Mr. Seller or Mr. Client. Coolio, coolio. So now that you have that Q&A out the way, let's briefly. This is brief and brilliant because this can be a little bit lengthy as well. The eight great work habits. Right. This is your guide to producing consistent results in your conversations and to be able to grow your business. So with the eight great work, eight great work habits, this used to be a tongue twister for me. Let's just dive right in. OK, first one. Work a full day. You got to learn how to stick to your schedule with sales, with anything in general. Stick to your schedule, if you, especially for our entrepreneurs out there who are working our own schedule. It's still important that you set your own schedule. You got to create a schedule for yourself. Decide if you want to work 10 to 4. Decide if you want to work 7 to 8. Decide if you want to work 10 to 2. Right. But whatever you decide, you be consistent in that schedule and work a full day. Don't say you're going to work 10 to 4 and then every day you find yourself working 10 to 3. You're doing yourself and your business a disservice, right? Tips, write everything into your calendar, right? If you start to create a schedule for yourself, I like to call it an operational plan. Make sure you put that in your calendar. Even take it to the extreme of scheduling out leisure time. I do that myself. I'll schedule out haircut appointments. I'll schedule out vacations. I'll schedule out leisure time. I'll schedule out time to play the game. I'll schedule out recording time like I'm doing with you guys right now. Everything is scheduled all on my calendar because if it's not on my calendar, it's not real and I'll overlook it or I'll forget about it. Number two, work your full capacity. Work the full capacity. That means like you got to be making sure you are making the most out of your time. So if I'm breaking up my days and I'm working 10 to 2 and I know that 10 to 11 is the time that I'm spending doing research, I got to limit my distractions because if I only have an hour to do research, I don't have time to be looking at my phone at notifications and just getting lost and just getting lost in the sauce. Like I'm doing right now. I'm over here. Look, I'm literally proving my, myself. I literally proved myself my point even more. Cause like I just pulled out my phone and I saw I had a whole bunch of not- negotiations, uh, not negotiations, but notifications. And I felt the urge to answer it while I'm recording with y'all. So I'm so sorry for the disrespect, but let's get back to the point. Number three, be on time. Again, if you say you're working 10 to 3, that don't mean you're getting out of bed at 10 o'clock and you're getting in the shower at 10:30. You are working 10 to 3. Be on time. Be on time. And ask yourself, why am I here? Because it's going to help you make the most out of your time. That's going to help you again get back to working a full capacity. Number four, be prepared. So a couple ways to be prepared is making sure that you have your client profile ready. You doing things like, why are you interested in selling? If you're interested in uh, real estate or figuring out, you know, that question, you know, expose people motivation, Uh, be ready to take notes for obvious reasons. You want to be prepared, Um, but be prepared. Like, don't just show up. You got to show up and show out and you show out by being prepared. So uh, that's that. Find creative ways to be prepared. Again, this presentation is tailored more towards real estate professionals um, and uh, financial literacy and financial education. But these things are transferable. 
these these eight great work habits are transferable. I actually took these eight great work habits from my last sale, my first sales position when I was selling cable, uh, you know, and, and doing those types of things. This is something that we used to teach and train on consistently. And I love it. I love I love every single aspect of this. Number five is going to be probably the most important and most essential uh, work habit that you can instill in your day to day, which is respect. That's literally it. One of the most sincerest forms of respect is actually listening to what a person has to say. Going back into that active listening, like I said, that is the that is one skill you must master if you're going to effectively utilize the four fives and eights actively listening. You're not listening to people. You're not giving people the respect that they deserve. Just imagine how it feels if you were talking to somebody and you see them. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I heard you. They didn't hear you. That's disrespectful. I find that as disrespect. You may not find it as disrespect. You may not be disrespected as easily, but I find that as a lot of disrespect. So really take a moment to read that quote again. So again. One of the most sincerest forms of respect is actually listening to what another person has to say. That means eliminating the yeah, buts and substitute that yeah, but for a yes. And yeah, I totally agree. And this is my point of view. Just shows that you're listening to people. I, that's all. Number six, understand the opportunity. There are two ways to understand the opportunity, the benefit and the blessing. The benefit, you can understand the, the the opportunity of each person and the benefit you get from selling, the benefit you get of hitting your, your sales quota, the benefit you get of, you know, pushing the envelope, but also more so focus on the, the, the blessing, the opportunity that you have to be a blessing in somebody, which goes back into actively listening to what their wants, their desires and their needs are and creating win-win situations for people. That's the blessing. And oftentimes we focus on the blessing first, the benefit actually comes. So I say focus on the blessing first, the benefit will find you. Number seven, take control. Master having open conversation while taking full control of the flow the entire time. Great tip for you guys is the person asking questions controls the conversation. So learn to ask intentional questions that help guide the conversation exactly where you want to go. If I know I'm trying to get a person to tell me they don't want to sell their, uh, they don't want to list their home with a realtor. I'm going to ask questions like, have you considered listing with a realtor? That's number one. And then I'm going to ask them, okay. And have you also considered like the fees and stuff like that with a listing with a realtor? Okay. Okay. Well, what does that look like for you? So you got to ask intentional questions because again, the person who asks the questions controls the conversation. As long as somebody else is asking you questions, they control the conversation. And as a salesperson, you're doing a piss poor job selling. Just telling you, I'm just being real. I'm just keeping it real with y'all. That's what I'm here to do. Let's move on to number eight, which is having and maintaining a positive mental attitude at all times. You should first start off every call or start every conversation with a smile on your face. If you can't answer the phone or if you can't greet somebody with a smile, let them go by. Let them walk past you because you're wasting your time. You got to learn how to engage people with a smile and with positive energy on and off the phones in front of and not in front of people. Just work on your attitude and work on having a more positive mental attitude about yourself. This stuff is contagious, right? Even if people that come to you are not in the best of moods, you smiling, you showing that you in a good mood, you being positive it's going to rub off on them. Eventually may not be at the top of the conversation, but by the time you get to your presentation or your clothes, they feeling a lot more cheery. Okay. So let's focus on that. Now here's a little tip. 
90% of all people, like I said, will literally tell you how to close them. Active listening is huge. So good luck to you guys. I appreciate you millionaires who stuck around till the end and really took advantage of this information because this is some game. This is some liquid gold. This is some actual gold that you can start applying today and start seeing huge changes in your sales processes, in your conversations, in your business. Just make sure that you start to apply these things. So I hope that you use these tips and you go out and deliver life-changing solutions for your clients. Feel free to tap into the Million Dollar Mind podcast on all platforms, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube, right? We're on YouTube now. Oh my God. It's been four, it took us four seasons to get on YouTube, but we're here. So take advantage of the platforms that you have. If you don't want to watch the videos, you can always tap in with us on Apple, Spotify, wherever. If you don't want to listen and you want a more, uh, a more visual experience, go ahead and tap into us on YouTube. But make sure if you are on YouTube, go ahead, hit that subscribe button. Go ahead and hit that bell so that algorithm can do the thing and continue to push our content in front of you so you're not missing a beat. Because, man, the things we have coming up, guys, it's amazing. I'm super excited. We got Rod Cleef, multi-billionaire, joining us. Um, I believe March 14th is when that episode is going to be up, you know, on the platforms. If you actually want an exclusive live, listen to that interview. Make sure you join us on the Facebook group uh, by March 8th, because March 8th is when we're actually having that conversation. And here is the official Facebook group that you can join. It's the Million Dollar Mastermind. Go ahead and join 168 millionaires that are tuning in with us, that are engaging with us every single day, that are joining us on the live calls, asking quality questions to our guests. I I, I thought I was a great podcast host and had great questions, but some of the members in the, in the group ask amazing questions. So you guys might even want to consider podcasting. And if you do, come talk to your boy. I'll make sure I get you launched up in less than 30 days. But that's all that I got for you guys. I'm going to stop that share and bring myself back in the forefront. But at the end of the day, my name is Kai Speaks. You just heard it from me here. Not live, but you get what I'm you get where I'm going with that. Just remember to keep focused, build momentum, and drive results so you can live abundantly. This is the Million Dollar Million Podcast. Until next time, peace. Right, millionaires got some quick and exciting news for you all. I said I was going to make it happen and it is officially here. We are now on YouTube, which means that video content is fully accessible to you all. Full episodes are going to be dropped and updated every Monday and Friday. Same cadence that you're already used to. So make sure you head on over to our official YouTube channel. Like and subscribe. Show all the love that you can and let that algorithm do its thing continue to put that content in front of you but all right gotta go love y'all